by the end of this podcast, you're going to find out whether Ten Hag's time is up at Manchester United should be sacked. And Manchester City, how dominant are they and how good is Doku in their new system? Welcome to The Knobcast, a podcast giving City and United fans their weekly fix of football analysis and debate with a focus on banter rather than than bias, uh, bias, bias. In this podcast, we are going to be discussing Manchester United's, uh, to be honest, embarrassing defeat at home against Brighton, losing 3-1, uh, fully exploring the match results, the issues with Ten Hag, is his time up, is Ten Hag out, is it now time, uh, is it all Ten Hag's fault, and we'll also be covering Man City comfortably beating West Ham 3-1, or was it comfortable um our city even out of second gear yet and how good is Doku to this uh, city side Gasky uh, I'm not even going to ask you how you are mate because I feel hey. like we, we just need to go straight into this um, and yeah. get this off your chest because it's, <laughs> it's, it. it's not been a good start to the season for Man United in fact it's been uh, their worst in since 1989 or something like that losing three out of their opening five games not been necessarily been the easiest fixtures but at home against Brighton 3-1 it, it is pretty unacceptable we are going to go that into greater detail i will allow you to rant i've got my own thoughts about it i haven't talked to you about this yet so i'll be interested to hear um i'm going to make a statement and it might upset you but it might shock you to the very core but i want to get your thoughts on it and then we can explore the match generally um marcus rashford is not as good as ten Hag thinks he is marcus rashford is not as good as marcus rashford thinks he is that is my I statement. Agree. I agree. What do you think? I've I've always had the opinion with with Rashford that he he's either he's either either end of the spectrum. He's either you look at him and you think, how can you drop him? Oh, he's up there in the best in Europe. Then the next week you look at him like he wouldn't even get into Brighton's team. You know? Oh it sounded quite disrespectful to Brighton at the start, but it's not. Nothing nothing disrespectful to Brighton. Um, but you know, he wouldn't start for them. But this is the issue, you know, it's so, he's so Marmite at the moment and that's an issue across the board really with the team, you know, they come, you know, you come into this game thinking after the, even though the Arsenal defeat was a bit harsh and you think, okay, the international break, like let's push on from here. Injuries haven't helped. It's not an excuse, but injuries haven't helped. Like the fact that after this game now with wan injury, they've got two fit fullbacks, you know, there's clearly an issue going on with fitness, but what, when there's when I think the, I think the clip came, I think it was the second goal. I, I can't remember which goal it was, but he was just he was walking. He just couldn't be arse tracking it. I think I think it was the second goal. I think the clip, the second goal, Brighton made about God knows how many passes. Bruno was the only one pressing, right? And it was what at one point there was one pass he did down the I think it was the left left side where he just went past him and he didn't even press it. He literally literally passed it from keeper to fullback and just passed it down the line. And he was already at United's box. And I thought, what are you doing? Mm. You know, like press the ball. You yeah. just stood there looking at it and kind of just pressed in such a lazy way where the defender just literally turned around and ran, ran down the wing. And I was just like, it's, this is not even about people. You can, you can go and say, oh, it's the manager's fault or it's the Glazers fault, whatever you want to go moan at. But that is just basic. Yes. Yeah. It's the Premier League and that's nothing to do with anyone. That's just to do with lazy players. Considering this, this is come from Tommy, a player when he plays for Scotland, who he's running his legs off. Why is he not doing it week in, week out for his club? Do you know, there's clearly some kind of mentality issue across the club, which is exactly what Ranić said, and it's exactly what Tenag said. Like Tenag said in before the Brighton game, that he's come in to have to discipline this team because it's a mess. 
And it's a fact it is a mess. And it needs this discipline of, of someone saying, you're not playing. Your attitude, nope, you're not playing. This is what the team has needed for 10 years. And it's a job that's going to take three to four years to sort out. Yeah, you know it's an absolute sh- sh- just a mess, and it's gonna it's gonna be results like this. It's gonna be they're gonna struggle because the problem they've got is in the last ten years they've overachieved with new managers. Managers have come in and for some reason they've done well, no you know no explanation, and people relying on these where they finish in the league and where they get where they finish in cup runs as success. No, success is when is what Klopp did over four years when I think he had three seasons and the fourth season when he got the ninety seven points or whatever it was. Hmm. Arteta, last year was his fourth season. He had three years and the owners were like, go go on, dismantle the team. The whole team left, a whole new team came in and now they're in title races. That's what's needed. Not a second year of everyone telling the manager to get out, right? The the whole thing, obviously, like the whole thing, I'm not going to be this person who now goes, it all starts from the top, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. We say that every bloody week. But it does. At the end of the day, it does. Like the, The first issue is, United have now, the whole, them throwing money at whoever, right? Which is ridiculous, the money they spent. Let's be fair. It is absolutely stupid. It's now caught to bite them. The fact that financial fair players got involved and Ten Hag having to get free transfers and loans, right? He joined last summer. He's bought what he wanted. I've got no issue with who he's bought because I thought, you know what? He's going to have a couple of years getting his players in as I thought with every manager. Mm. But he didn't even get to January and he had to get Vegas on a, on a loan. That's his, that was his, that was their that was his reward for come on, let's keep pushing this season was their cost. Hmm. What was going to happen after that? When you we know? get to the Ten Hag section in this podcast, I'm going to disagree with you on Ten Hag, but I want to talk about Rashford right. a bit more first. Before, oh, sorry, no, sorry no, unless no, you want no, to finish your point. No, no, yeah, no. So my point is like I'm not one that's going to be like set the manager right because what's the point? No, We've done course. this for the last ten years. Hmm. There's absolutely zero point. This match was. If we look at if we if we isolate this game, it's that this is Ten Hag's fault. This game, right? Because he's come in and I don't know why he's decided to change the whole formation. Right? You've got no your two right wing options are now not playing for whatever reason. What do you do? Let's go and put four in midfield and go and put Rashford up front where he's crap. Right? He's been rubbish all season up front. He played well on the he played well on the wing when he plays on the wing against Arsenal. He played well. What do we do? Let's go put him back up front again. Right? Mm. You've now got his number nine there who didn't have a single shot in his first start because no one's passing to him. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's going to take time for this to gel in these situations because of absolute mess the team is. But stop messing the formation about and moving players around. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. It's one of the issues. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, and as I said, I, I want to explore Ten Hag uh, properly because uh, I've, I've got some thoughts on him as well. I largely agree with your final point. There. Uh, just going back to Rashford for a second. Uh, I know yeah. I, I open and my opening gambit was a pretty you know controversial statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, I just want to make it clear to like the the listeners that I'm not trying to suggest that Rashford is the main issue at United. Clearly, he isn't. You know, so if people try and scapegoating him into thinking he is the main issue, that's a bit silly. But but in terms of that performance against Brighton, he was uh, an issue. You've mentioned the pressing, and that, that this is my sort of thing about my opening statement of Rashford's not as good as you think, uh, sorry, Ten Hag, sorry, Rashford isn't as good as Ten Hag thinks he is because I don't know if that's, I doubt that is Rashford going, I can't be arsed running because I'm a lazy git and I don't want to play for my, the club that I love and running around. I'm, I, I am assume Ten Hag is instructing him to do that. Now you can get away with that when you are Mbappe, messy, you know, because you you can afford to be a passenger in those games. You don't have to contribute to the press because of everything else you offer on the ball. 
But Rashford isn't good enough where you can just totally, basically disregard off-the-ball responsibilities such as pressing because what he offers you with the ball, you know, as it's probably, you know, United's best player or whatever, but it isn't to the level where you can just sack it off entirely. Um, there was one moment in particular which really annoyed me from Rashford's perspective. We get, we're getting to the system in a minute. I appreciate he's playing as a striker, but... We, 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 in fact, we we're talking about it in the uh, after the Arsenal game. There was a moment in the Arsenal game where Hoyland made a run, and I thought, can Rashford not make, try to make an effort to find him? Instead, he took uh, his man on. Well, that, that exactly. That, that's my argument: is try it. Mm. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, try and make the pass because one of three things is going to happen: the tender's going to clear it. Oh well, good try. You know, you try to play your striker in, which is which is what you should be doing, right? Second one, he gets to Hoyland, he scores. Third one, he might def- he might clear it to a United player. You don't know where it's going to go, but he's, I'm going to go and try to take him on. Uh, I know you're going to talk about the one when he was on the sideline and he had a shot with his weak foot. Yes, the, and Hoyland right? is literally it, pointing to say, play me in, play yes. me in, and he and just, and he ignores it, him. Exactly. A striker, there's a striker who is telling you where to put the he's ball. Literally he's literally pointing and he dives he's, in because he's expecting the ball. Har- Harlem won't score in this team because they don't pass to him. They don't make them, they don't make them passes in on goal. All he has to do is literally play it across six yard box. Yeah. And, and he taps it in which is identical to, I think, his debut goal for Denmark. Exactly the same thing happened. Same situation. He points where he wants the ball. Put it there, please. And he goes and taps it in. But this is the. But this is like, this is not defending him, but this is also the issue of when you haven't got that player there every single week and you're doing it for two to three years, you're not going to think to look. And this is the issue. Like, you know, they've, he's, they've had, he's played with Martial for about five years. He doesn't do that. He plays short. You know, they had, you had Ronaldo for one year who kind of does that, but also plays a bit short and whatever. But you've now got a striker who's going to play on the last man, who's going to get into these positions and going to lose that. He's going to lose his marker. Put it in the put it in the six yard box yeah. and let him tap it in. There has to be like a, a change in mindset, like an evolution from Rashford's perspective of, yeah. you know, okay, I am a striker operating on the wing, whatever, but I can't, my first instinct can't just be goal, goal, goal myself. Yeah. It's got to be, is there a better option somewhere else? And more often than not, against Brighton, Hoyland picked up really good areas and he made really good, interesting runs and a better ball. I mean, the only time Rashford really did it properly was the time the ball went out of play and it, it didn't oh, count sorry. as a... Yeah. But, but the time he did it, the ball went in the back of the net. There you go. So learn from it. Yeah. You know, keep doing that. And this is also like the issue with the... It's not like with his laziness is, okay, I know what you mean with him like, oh, he's not telling him to press and stuff. But my problem is not that. My problem is the amount of times where he does it half-assed. Like he's gone towards the person and just kind of stands next to him. Right? Yeah. Go and put your foot in front of him. If you foul him, you foul him. Go and put your foot and try and nick the ball. Don't just stand next to him. But then that's what Matomini did as well. Just stood next to him and just kind of let him go past. Go and have a bit of flair in you and go and win the ball back. Mm. And we're now in a situation where they've now got two fit fullbacks. Amrabat's going to come back from injury. Who's going to have to play bloody fullback at some point. So he won't be playing in midfield. Mm. So it's an absolute mess at the moment. An absolute mess. And this is a situation where it's not good. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Simple as that. Right, and it, it, it needs to. It's had to for the last ten years. It needs to get worse before it's going to get better. But the fans aren't patient enough to let it get worse, and the club isn't. So the United will never be back unless the club just kind of go shut up, fans. Let's just let him give him what he wants. But the club aren't giving him what he wants because he's had to wait two months for Amrabat, and he turns up injured to start with, right? And he's had to wait too long for Hoyland, who was also injured, and then he had to get. And the best player on the pitch against Brighton was the guy you got on loan last minute from Tottenham. Mm. And that tells you all you need to know about the attitude of the team, you know, but I'll, 
my issue is Ten Hag, if you wanted to criticize all of Ten Hag signings, you can, but the majority have been above par. They've been, yeah, you know, think about all the signings United have had over the years, they've all been crap, sure. right? But Ten Hags that have come in at least have been above par and they've wanted to play for United. They've kind of had that sign me, you know? I'm about waiting two months, like patiently, bring me in. Hoyland wants to play for the club he supports, you know? Martinez wanted to play, you know, wanted to play for United, so did Anthony. That's the attitude I want to see, not these players like Di Maria's coming in on massive wages because they just get a chance to, you know, easy payday type attitude, you know? But it ne- this is what I mean, it needs these three years of just constant doing it. But it's only been a year. He wanted, he wanted another centre-back. You know, he wanted another full-back. He wanted other positions. He didn't get it. He's had to deal with loans and things now. So they're not backing him fully and he's just going to get sacked again. Inevitably, he's going to get sacked at some point and expected to function off one transfer window. Yeah. You can't function off one transfer window. Okay, you can comment on who he signed and how much they've cost. Fine. It's not his, it's not his bank account he's coming out of. It's not down to him. He's not negotiating the player prices, is it? So, isn't you know, he's going, I want that player. And United go, okay, we'll get him for you. And he turns up and he probably finds out how much we spent on him, you know? Mm. So it's not it's not exactly down to him, that really. But but then again, it's down to him on the pitch and dicking the formation about just because you've got no right winger. Give Polistri a go on right wing and keep the formation as it is. Yes, exactly. Well, let's talk that's about... What I, that's what I don't get. Yeah, let, let's, let's talk about Ten Hag uh, now then, shall we? So, um... Uh, I'm I'm going to proceed to criticise him quite a lot in this section of the podcast because uh, I'm sort of losing patience with him. Uh, but I will preface all of this by saying it, it, he should not be sacked at all. It, it, sacking him would do no good. Um, that being said, you know there there are issues out of his control, etc. Uh, he he should not be sacked. Um, just briefly before before we go on to the actual match, um, I, I will disagree with you slightly just on the whole. Uh, you know, FFP situation and, oh, you know, he doesn't have any money to sign any more players. At the end of the day, it is Ten Hag's fault that they paid £80 million for, you know, the likes of Anthony over overpaying for all these players. Uh, so it's give and take, isn't it? Uh, there, no, There is yeah, a wider I, issue, I, 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 but he hasn't exactly. helped matters. No, exactly, I agree with that. But then again, it, for me, it's like you look at the past years. So from Ten Hag's perspective, he wants a fresh slate. You know, when the manager comes in, it's a fresh slate to them. And he goes, right, I want this, 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 and this. It could be a situation that, uh, you know, three months down the line, they realised, oh crap, we're in this really bad situation now with financial fair play. You know, and it's just, about, oh, that's unfortunate. Mm. But, you know, he should, but it's happened numerous times where a player, you know, a manager's come in and has been allowed to buy players. And then the next window, he's gotten out. And I think that that's the issue for me. Is like, if, if, if he, it's obviously his fault if he's like, okay, sign me these players. These are definitely what I need. These are the top of my book. And if he's realised, if they've told him then and there, that's all you're getting. Next year, you'll be limited. Or next year, obviously, obviously they spent this summer, but you know, you're going to be going to get more limited. Then that's down to him, isn't it? But if it's not, then it's also like you're Man United, and you've had to wait on financial fair play and get someone out the door before you can bring someone in. You're Man United. How have you ended up in that situation? Yeah, you know, that's that's the whole issue for me. Obviously, I'm not, it is obviously he's to blame. They're all to blame. You know, I'm not. I won't scapegoat anyone. I'm not like the some of these. You know, football Twitter handles who are just who always just want to point the blame. Yeah, no, they're all to blame yeah, from top to bottom. Simple as that. But the solution isn't to go. Let's just. It's easy to get rid of the manager. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't help on any when, level. When West Ham offer you sixty million pounds for two players, you try and push them out the door as much as you can. Especially if financial fair play are getting involved. I can't sign these players. We need money. Thirty million is coming from McTominay, right? Who ain't starting? You sell him. 
right? Man who's coming through anyway, you sell him, right? Harry Maguire won't leave, right? Negotiate, try and figure out how you can get him out the door. Simple as that. Yeah. And then give the manager the players he wants. If that's what you, if they, you know, if you want them to get them back where they want to belong, and then don't expect him now to have to use, you know, he's got half a squad now because half of them are injured and he's got to deal with that now. And then you're going to sack him that he's not, you know, it's not up to scratch. Well, they're not fit. <laughs> he hasn't got a squad now. Mm. So it's like, you know, he might, he should not be sacked at all. Right. He should have at least three, three years. Yeah. At least to get, to, to turn it around. But he also has to be back then for years. You know, we've got to let it back him ins and outs. His ins, obviously, he's getting his ins. Like he's had the goalkeeper swapped, which we said he should do. He's done it, right? He's got midfielders in that are more energetic, you know? Like people can now shut up about blaming Mason Mount after two games. He hasn't played in this little crap. Yeah. So it's not down to him, clearly. And he's he needs the legs that's there. You know, Amr Batsin, who's also legs, you know, actual legs in the engine room, which is good. Um, and a striker's in now. He's got the positions. They've not all been able to play yet together. So he's still not his team as of yet. It's half and half still. Mm-hmm. But it'd be interesting to see how it is with a fully fit squad. That'll yes. be the interesting part to see. Mm-hmm. But he's not had that chance because when he had a fully fit squad, they went on a, what was the unbeaten run they went on over Christmas last year? You know, that was him with a fully fit squad. And when they started getting injured again, it started going to me- a mess at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. So it's, it just needs, I don't know why, I don't know why they keep getting injured. It's been like this for the last few years now. Maybe maybe having a, a World Cup in the middle of a season probably isn't a good well, idea. Yeah, and probably it's, and it's also still it just keeps happening now. Like they keep getting injured because they're having to get them back. Exactly. In. Yeah, we'll, we'll see loads so, of injuries this season. Uh, yeah. That's for sure. Uh, so that's all off the pitch stuff. But then on the pitch, as I say, this is where I'm losing my sympathy a bit with. Uh, well, I don't have any sympathy for him now. Uh, but but you know, uh, losing patience with him that, that that's the term I'm looking for. Um, because you, you touched on it, we'll talk we'll talk about it in a bit bit more depth now. Um, I appreciate that there are issues out on the right wing in terms of personnel. Um, you know, the, the only like out and out right wing you have is a Plestri, who's like an academy player or a young player, whatever. Um, it's really weird that he just totally changed the system and formation to a 4-4-2 diamond. Um, although, to be fair, because it, it worked for 15 minutes. I was, I was, first 15 minutes, Brighton couldn't play. I was going to say, yeah, for, for, for the first 10, 15 minutes, especially the first 10 minutes, United looked awesome. Like genuinely, they looked terrifying. Brighton looked like a relegation side. That's that's how good United were playing. They, they, United, Brighton never sniffed. They couldn't they couldn't handle United's pressing. They they couldn't handle uh, where United players were moving around. They didn't know where, which markers to pick up. That sort of thing. It was really really good for ten minutes. That's that's great. So I guess that was sort of like the surprise factor of playing the diamond. Whatever. The issue is at this level against a master tactician such as De Zerbi, That's all well and good, but it's not going to take De Zerbi that long to figure out what's going on and to respond yeah. accordingly and to tactically he, tweak yeah, it. Yeah, he changed that 15 minutes and they scored in the 20th minute. Exactly. So, so And they didn't react to it. And, but then he, he stuck with it. So not, what should happen is you need you need to play, in my opinion, the same lineup or the same formation, the same style of players every game and change and make sure these players learn these positions. Rather than go, Rashford, you've now, Rashford, we've now played five Premier League games and I think Rashford's played two on left wing and three in striker. Right. Well, what do you want him to do? <laughs> it's also like, you know, you, you're messing his position about. Yeah, definitely. To start with. And the same with other players as well. I just don't know why. Again, apart from outside, you know, 10, 10 minutes. Great. I just don't know why you wouldn't just stick with that, the same system. And, yeah. But also you get the first 10, 15 minutes. Great. You then concede. You've, you've got to respond. Deserby's done it. And that, and from that moment onward, basically it, it was just uh, Brighton were the better side. 
Now, yeah. why can't Ten Hag? Because, for example, uh, you know, high, high standards to hit, but you know, Ten Hag did come in talking about eras coming to an end in reference to City, for example. So it's maybe not fair to compare him to Guardiola. Guardiola's best asset is his in-game management and tweaks and his tactical nous when, when the game is actually playing. If is there an issue, he can amend it accordingly. For example, I mean, against Brighton, for example, last season. Uh, Brighton went like really aggressive man to man. So Pep was like, right, just hit it long to Hall and long ball, boom, goal. That's so it's that problem solving actually in game. Why is Ten Hag seemingly incompetent at that? What's that all about? It's one of two things. It's either incompetent that he won't do it. Is it, is it an ego thing? Like, no, this is the way I want my team to play. We're playing this way, no matter what. Or is it a matter of, I don't trust my players. These aren't the players I want in my team. I'm having to use them because that's all I've got. Or a third option, so, he's actually not good enough to know what to do. Yeah. Or, or, or he's like, oh, that period at Ajax went, just went perfectly for him. And actually... And he's, he's a fraud! Not, and actually, he's not the top level. He's a bold fraud. It, it, could, it could be, but you can't make decisions on that based on, one, having 100 injuries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also. And two not max properly, you know, and three, it's down to the manager as well. Like being able, if he was able to do it with the, you know, with the core he's got, that's what makes you a great manager. But then also it's like, well, we've, we've argued for the last five years that half of the players that played against Brighton aren't good enough for United, you know, like, like, but Tommy to start with midfield who games just go past him. He back, I will always say the same thing. He marks grass. Mm. He marks grass. He doesn't mark players. He marks grass. And this, that creates a massive hole in that position, you know, and he's now, he's now got a full back four out injured. So, you know, he's playing, he's playing who, to be fair, Reguilón was actually quite good. He actually played quite well. Sure. Um, and like, well, I'm second now, so obviously like them two fullbacks are going to have to play with, um, what's it called, Lindelof and Martinez in, Martinez in midfield, in defence, sorry. And Lindelof isn't good enough. We've already said that he's a sub, but he's having to play a lot more, but he's not good enough to play. So we're in this situation where we're actually coming back to the, where we said United need depth. The depth's now on the pitch. Yeah. So we're back in this situation again where it needs, you know, it needs, the whole team needs changing. Yeah. And oh, until and, the fit, we can't know who. Yeah. And, uh, and just speaking about players coming back from injury, Amrabat has got to come back from injury as soon as possible because Casemiro is low key finished. It seems like he can't do it. He can't do it. On his own. But this is, this is the thing, right? And I've always said this, right? As much as I was excited when he got signed, Casemiro needs that player next to him. He relies on it. Whereas, for example, if we compare him to like people always compare him to Rodri, for example. Rodri plays completely differently. Rodri can play with the ball. He's Spanish. So of course he can he's pass Spanish. the ball. He's Spanish. Right? He's Spanish. So of course he can pass the ball about. Right. Yeah. Casemiro is just that wall that just goes, right, I want it back. Go you, off you go. To to Modric and Tony Cruz. He's more like know. a Fabinho. Yeah, exactly. Right. But then Fabinho, Liverpool got figured out. And what happened to Fabinho? He's now in Saudi because mm. he can't handle it anymore. And he's bald. Without that, mm, yes, uh, he's balded. Uh, and then that's what I mean. That, that's why he signed someone like Amrabat who could do, who could put the legs in and do the leggy work for him. So he can go and just, he can just concentrate on, you know, blocking down passing lanes. And then Amrabat can go and bring up to Bruno. Yeah. I think that's how most midfields work in the world. Yeah. You know, they, they all have their roles. Whereas at the moment he gets, just gets isolated because he's not, he's not that player. Like look at, if you look, I think it was the stats from last season. He scored the most goals he's ever scored and he's done the most passes he's ever done because he doesn't do it. He doesn't, it's not his thing. And he's yeah. been at however long he was at Real Madrid for. But then people accuse him of being this, you know, 
garbage player. He's been he's been rubbish. Yeah, but because he's doing stuff he's not meant he doesn't do. Mm, yeah, no, t- 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 so, totally get that. Um, and and just sort of like rounding off the Manchester United uh, section. Um, obviously, Brighton were fantastic. By the way, we, we've talked about how good. second half they were just unbelievable yeah. team. We, 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 I feel like we've maybe talked about how much I love Brighton more than I have Man City. That's how much I love I love Brighton as a team. Uh, Deserby is an unbelievable tactician. We've talked about how he was able to outthink uh, Ten Hag. Um, but you know it's going bad for United where even you know, like your best players like you know Martinez getting sent for that was it the second goal for example like it's you know it's- that, that tackle that tackle screamed I'm sick of this yeah this is ridiculous <laughs> that scream like that scene like this help, is help. what is everyone else doing for you know fuck's sake I'm going for him I'm going to block this mm, and then didn't but also like in that whole goal situation it was like what has happened to the defence because why why is he sliding there where's Lindelof <laughs> yeah do you know what is, that, that's probably, that probably that probably came from two passes that is just completely mm-hmm. dismantled and so, now Gasky you've got the small matter of Bayern Munich uh, away in the Champions League I wouldn't be shocked if they were 1-0 no, yeah, way, I would not be shocked yeah. he would just confirm it all because Bayern Munich haven't been great yeah so but then then again yeah to be fair United, United will probably play on the counter attack Rashford's strength, Hoyland's uh, as a strength, maybe counter-attacking. So mm. who knows? Maybe they'll play into their hands. You never know. You um, never know. Just fi- final, fi- very final thing on the United section, Gasky. Are you still confident? Because I've now re- I've revised my United prediction to fifth. Are you still confident United finish third, or are you a bit more cautious? No, of course I'm not. <laughs> Stupid! <laughs> what a ridiculous question. <laughs> no, but I'm sure last week. I'm sure you still said it. Yeah, because I saw the other way they played against Arsenal. It was just unfortunate. What did we both say that that last game? Right, we both said <laughs> they, we, how we yeah, they deserve the draw. Yeah, yeah. Well. And this this is what I mean. This week it's the opposite. So so, <laughs> so where so like, where are they finishing? Fifth is still Champions League, by the way. Based on what I've seen, sixth. So so who's finishing because, fifth? Well, you've got well Chelsea. If, from, if we're going off now, you've got Liverpool, Liverpool, Tottenham, City, and Arsenal going to finish top four. Right, and I wouldn't rule anyone else out. Villa, Brighton, fast. It's going to be a situation now where fifth place is going to be whoever goes on a good run. The only reason United finished top four last season really is because they went on that really good run after um, mm. the City game. Fast. So it could happen again. You never know. Mm-hmm. But you never know. You never yeah. know. Uh, Manchester City, on the other hand, Gasky won. <laughs> I was, I was, all, I was to be fair. I was gonna when I when I was looking at the score, I was like, "Oh, City losing." That's all right. Next minute, I checked. It's three one. I'm like, "Right, whatever." Yeah. <laughs> whatever. I'm not coming to the podcast <laughs> this week. Uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, you, did, did we able to cat catch uh, like the, I saw ex- the extended highlights? Yeah, because you were both on at three o'clock. Screw you. Blackout. Yeah, I know it was stupid. Uh, but yes, um, really. Honestly, I thought that was our best performance uh, of the season so far. Also, bear in mind that it was against West Ham away. West Ham have been very, very impressive this season. Um, West Ham, to be fair, West Ham played quite well. Yeah, look, look, West Ham weren't terrible. It was from from the extended highlights. It was a good game. Yeah, it was. But yeah, even though City went a goal behind, however, when that goal went in, it was it was like. I obviously did a watch along of it. It was like the least reaction that I've ever given for a goal because it was just like, we've been absolutely dominant. Haaland had missed one or two sitters by that point. And I was like, well, it doesn't really matter. And the goal came about by like an individual error, like a kanji yeah. just, well, Doku giving it away first of all, then a kanji yeah. not picking up his man. I was like, well, if we keep playing like this, we are just going to win four, five, six, well, one. That, that, I'm sorry to go back to the United game, but that's the kind of feel I had. Because when United were one no down against Brighton, I thought, 
they played well here. I think they can win there. I think they'll win this still because based on the played and they just did the exact opposite to what City did. And that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, de- definitely. Um, so yes, City just like kept going and going because yeah. it was a ridiculous amount of missed chances. I think we missed like six or seven big chances yeah. in the game. Hall and missed five of them. He does not yeah. normally miss tappings. Um, that's normally you know, you know, bread it's and butter. Been, it's been five games now and I think three of them you've said he doesn't miss tappings. So now it's kind of, <laughs> I think a lot of pe- people, you don't know, no, I, I'm not agreeing with this, mm-hmm. right? Because he's still the best striker in the world. But people are starting to now talk. <laughs> True. So he, needs to, he needs to get his free hat-tricks in free games sooner rather than later. True. Now, now yeah, now if he, if he wasn't the top scorer in the league, I may have some sympathy no. with that argument. But he fact but is, again, he's still that, got seven that just, goals. But that just, but that just tell, but that tells you, doesn't it, what happens when you create. When a team just, just creates so much... As long as as long as he scores, that's probably what is that to his chances. That's probably thirty percent of his chances, and he's still top scorer. That just tells you how much they create. Yeah. Well, the, the he had a higher xG in that West Ham game than the all four games before it combined. I believe wow. from open wow. play. I think not including so penalties. So it should have been six one. <laughs> yeah. Well, literally, it probably yeah. should have been that. That probably would in terms of like City actually finishing their chances. So that's why I just I wasn't panicking yeah. at all when that goal went in. Um, and then second second half begins. We play the exact same way. Don't change anything. Uh, yeah. And Doc, Doku scores, and the rest is history. The main thing I want to talk about in this section, Gasky, we we, we touched on you know United's Rashford winger issues. Uh, City have just have got this uh, Doku uh, uh, lad, a new winger, breath of fresh air. I, as much as I love Grealish, I, I you know I, I adore Grealish, Mares, Bernardo, etc. They aren't what you describe as exciting direct pacey wingers who will who will be comfortable yeah. taking a man on beating them with pace getting the crowd up off their feet how important now obviously city won the treble last season without that profile of player but how important do you think it is to have that diff totally different profile of player at your disposal whether on the starting mm-hmm. 11 or on the bench it's very important it gives it, it it's making player the other team reacts in a different way you know you 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 completely you brought in another player that does you know something that no one's done before at City since Sane, but mm. someone who's more Sane, Sane was the same I think the same profile but Sane was more like selfish isn't the right word but like more uh, it's about me type thing sure you know like I'm getting around this man whereas he's more Rocky's more like I'm just gonna put my head down go and then I know where to put it mm. you know and I think I think that's what I think that's what City needed to upgrade on really because when you've it's difficult to talk about where can they improve when you've won the treble, but where they could improve us is to get that profile and they've done and they have yeah. they've probably got arguably one of the best in the world here yeah. because I don't think there's many other wingers who are that you know that profile of winger at the moment. He's obviously not as good as Mares, but he's younger and as you say, he's a different type of player and sometimes variety is what you actually need rather than necessarily a direct upgrade a, a direct swap for swap replacement having that extra dimension net might actually be a better positive and yeah. we saw that with the first goal especially i mean sue foul just was was destroyed that day oh, let's God. be honest and and also the scary thing is that that is not even doku's best position right wing is his position he was playing at the left wing all game uh, for it was a walker operating on the right wing again uh it's a, so the brilliant thing about doku is left foot 
right foot, left wing, right wing. It's largely irrelevant. He can cut in either way. He can he can uh, go to the byline and cross either way. He can cut in and, and pass and cut in and cross and cut in and shot and shoot either way. And that must be a defense. Now couple that with explosive pace and be in a stocky frame, really hard to you know uh, push off the ball. It's surely like a defender's worst nightmare in that respect. It, well, it's from, I remember from back in the day when Ronaldo and Nani were both at United and you just, if throughout the game, you'd swap every 15 minutes and they'll just see which fullback is starting to sweat and which one's starting to struggle. And then Ronaldo will go on that wing mm. and it'll just be all, absolutely all over him. And then, and they, you know, and that's what they'll, that's what they can do. You know, they can play and then they can be like, right, okay, this fullback is, Grealish is getting past him. Go put Doku on him. Mm. And then he's got he's that defender's done then, and it does it. It's making it's that extra profile that's making managers think uh, like, how can I stop him? And they're having to make they're having to make tactical changes and make subs to get that to stop that one player. And then when when you the quality of City as well, it opens up everyone else. How how good do you think Doku can be, Gasky? He's only twenty one. I don't think he was bad in his first game at all, uh, but it, you know, it wasn't unbelievable. He he was fine. I know it's only one it's one game more and the improvement already is staggering. And don't know if it'll happen across the whole season, but normally, typically, City wingers need a whole season to adapt. Grealish, yeah. Mares, you know, it, you can even throw in Bernardo, Cancelo, whatever. Um, Doku's let's assume for argument's sake, it continues like this, and he he's just adapted already. How good can this player be who's only 21 and is already looking incredibly exciting and already has got a decent end product on him? Got it could go it could go straight to the top. It is the end the, with that type of player. I think it's easier for them to adapt to a new league because it's so sim, simple. Is not the right word, but you know it's more. You don't have to really know what everyone else is doing. It's more natural. Do your job. It's more natural just to get the ball and you're right. Go have him rather than I need to look for this pass. I need to go and sit in this space. You just your job is just winger, mm. which you don't have many wingers anymore. Who just that is what they do, but. Yeah, the end product's already kind of there. So if that becomes pretty much perfect, there's no reason... And they also can get a good shot, you know, a better shot on him type thing. There's no reason why you can't go to the top. Yeah. And be one of the best best wingers in the league. I think that another thing that will be going in his favour is if you think of stuff like what... If you go like build a winger and sort of like the main... And a main like a city winger specific, specifically... The two, the, the two main things you might want to look for are sort of like ball retention, you know, keep things ticking over, a.k.a. Grealish, Mares, that sort of vibe, and excellent 1v1 dribbling ability uh, and you know, being direct, more Sterling, Leroy Sane. I feel like it's easier to teach a pace, a, a winger who's naturally good at being pacey and direct and dribbling. It's easier to teach that sort of winger how to be good at retaining the ball than it is to teach a ball retention winger how to be... Because you can't really teach someone how to be quick from a genetic standpoint. You either are or you aren't. You can't, no, you can't. Yeah. It's harder to teach them. I feel like... Do you know what I mean? Dribbling is harder to teach than it is to be sensible on the ball. Dribbling is sort of like... It, it, almost of like an... Obviously, you can get better at it with practice. But for it's, a lot of players, it just yeah, seems like an it's instinct. Natural. It's natural, isn't it? It comes, it comes natural to players who are that good. Like if, you're, if you're born and you're good at football and you're good at dribbling, you've got it. You know, whereas some players aren't as good as that. But it's like, it's like, for example, you look at some of the best that we've had, like Iron Robin, for example, right? Wasn't the best dribbler, but he had a heck, yeah, but he, he could shoot and he had, he had good ball retention. Mm. So, but you see, yeah, like you said, it's easy to teach the other side because, you know, okay, he might, he might do it 
a lot where he's he has 10 dribbles a game but gets passed three times then it's about his decision making you know if you can guarantee if your if your success rate in a certain situation is 80 percent go for it but it's understanding whether when to have that when it is 80 percent you know yeah exactly it's all about decision making but again yeah i I totally agree totally agree 21 it's insane isn't it be at that point already is is scary yeah Um, and hopefully he can go from strength to strength i don't see why he wouldn't be able to i'm really excited yeah i i can already tell i i already love him he's he's just one of those players where i I feel like neutrals will love him as well because he's just a fun player to watch he's fun with no with no reason to hate yeah exactly if people hate they're just hating for the sake of hating Mm. exactly exactly uh gaska let's move on to knob gas shall we ask ask patreon supporter questions uh ed says for gaski if what with sort of a combined question because pim asked uh whether ten hag's in trouble we've sort of covered that already uh and uh, ed adds to that if ten hag was sacked tomorrow who would you want to replace him i know we talked about they wouldn't really change it but for argument's sake he's gone you've got the, the, the decision of who comes in who do you want not a clue. I don't, I don't even know who's available well, <laughs> at the moment. I'm not paying attention. Honestly, like the the obvious obvious thing would be to survey. Mm. That is literally the obvious one. Like, there's who else? Who else is there? Realistically, as well, like there's no one who can come in and, and sort it out. Because let's be fair, right? Maybe, maybe that Ted Hag isn't the tactical mastermind that people thought he would be. Mm. Maybe he should. He is just because he's got a big backbone and he'll bin players off when they're being assholes and a big bald head. And that's. But that's what's needed, sadly. You know, if it, if it does involve us missing out on Champions League for a couple of years, but we'll have a team of players who want to play for Man United, then I'll take it. I want that over Champions League football, to be honest. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. Uh, and, and a follow-up question from Ed. It's te- technically for me, but I'll extend it to you, Gaski, as well. He says, uh, for Nobbins, what's been your favourite moment watching City? I'll extend that to you. What's your favourite moment watching United? I'm going to make it more specific. I'm gonna- <laughs> When the full-time whistle goes. <laughs> I'll make it more specific and say, let, let's say, you know, live actually in the stadium just to make it a bit more interesting. Well, this, well, oh, oh, just in general. Yeah. Well, favorite moment watching United. Um, Ooh. For you. Well, do you want to have a think whilst I explain my city? Oh, one? yeah, yeah. So oh, the obvious answer would be the Aguero moment. However, I actually didn't see that live in the stadium, so I can't uh, use that one. Uh, the, the, the main two that spring to mind are the Aston Villa comeback recently. Uh, Gundogan, you know, uh, scored uh, to make it three-two, and the other one, obviously, you know, I was in Istanbul, uh, so that was the other one. I reacted stronger to the Aston Villa one. So for me personally, just because I mean, I I was gone like two-nil down. I was like, right, it's over. Liverpool have actually won. There's no way Wolves aren't gonna. There's no way Liverpool aren't gonna beat Wolves. And then just in five minutes, two-nil to three-two. So for me, that is the best moment watching it. Obviously, Istanbul unbelievable etc Champions League treble da, 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 da. but I, I just can't yeah different emotions and different things I what, it, must have, it must have hurt more that Villa game when the two went 2-0 up and it was Coutinho to score oh I know no, because that, you know, that was the whole it was, I, written, yeah. it was written in the stars wasn't it like he's going to come and he's going to come exactly back and well, that's what them. people were saying people were just saying oh and this yeah. is going to happen and it did uh, Gasky that's, yeah. how about you mate so mine's between two as well so it's either so when I because when I went to Old Trafford um, when I had the season ticket and stuff it was obviously they were winning a lot so games when they won substantial you know a lot so mm. the 8-2 against Arsenal was good but you didn't have that kind of you know that feel to it sure so it was either the 2-0 the down comeback against Tottenham yeah 
that one that was that was that was very good reaction that one because that, I think that was when that was in Modric that Modric's first season at Tottenham that one was that or, like 2010 was it yes well, that, yeah and then the other one was the 4-3 against City when Owen scored because oh. that that was just a heck of a game when who scored sorry when, when Owen scored oh winner. god yeah yeah yeah, yeah and because I just remember that it was such a good game I think was it Fletcher scored twice I remember yeah, I know, actually, Be- I know Bellamy scored to the equaliser so Bellamy think. scored a beautiful I was like for God's sake yeah. 89th minute and then just out of nowhere he just Owens just found the hole you know yeah. in Fergie time everyone thought, everyone thought what the hell Michael Owens just playing United what's going on here and he does that Yeah, I was just like it was, just, it was oh, such a crazy game that. So angry. it was that, a good game as well yeah. yeah I was so angry at that because I'm I'm sorry there's no way that the game should have carried that on was when, that was when Fergie time was like pissing it was me like, off it was like the referee's gone we'll just give one more chance yeah, it's gone. yeah I didn't I didn't realise it was 2023 where we had on every single second <laughs> to add in time uh, yeah, yeah. That, that was what was that what 2010 okay, that may have been the same season maybe 2010 might, or 2011 been, it might have been the same it might have been the same season it was around there yeah, that was horrible. I couldn't understand why he picked that. Yeah, that, that was horrible. I hated that yeah. so much. It was, was it Giggs who played an un- on that unbelievable ball to Owen? Was, Is that right? It was good to believe. Well, Giggs has done it twice because he did it to believe Makeda as well. He just played a beautiful yeah. pinpoint board the last minute of the game for a player to go and tap it in. Oh, gosh. Uh, just, yeah, there we go. Uh, thank you guys so much for your questions. Uh, to the listeners, thank you so much for listening to uh, our podcast we really hope you've enjoyed it we really hope you've uh, uh, maybe le- learned something about uh, you know the the issues at united and potentially the future of city and uh, doku uh, we will obviously be back uh, on uh, later this week with a with, we're doing a ball knowledge battle uh, another one of those uh, so stay tuned for that to see who uh, is going to win that one uh, and yeah we really hope you have enjoyed the podcast this installment of the knobcast until next time guys i have been nobbins I've been Gasky. And we'll catch you guys next time. Goodbye.